I'm excited for today's uh, series that we're part four of a series called Prayer, and it's uh, it's been good. So before we start in the message, I just want to say welcome to all those watching Facebook Live. Uh, although we have some technical difficulties, we'll probably be watching it Facebook later, not live really. Um, so uh, they're having a challenge with that, but we want to say thank you for watching and all those listening to podcast world. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, for all you in the theater today, thank you for coming and spending your Sunday morning with us. I think it's I personally think it's the best way to start your week off. Uh, so this series about prayer um, is is really important. So today we're going to be part four, and this is give us this day our daily bread. I love this part of the prayer, and we're saying depend on God for everything. Like He wants you to depend on Him for everything. He wants you to lift up your needs. So before we jump into this, last week I told a joke about um, it was kind of a diss on women, right? Uh, understanding women, and uh, got some little pushback on that. So so today I have another one for you. All right. We'll see if this is a little better, okay? So there's three hikers. They're hiking in the woods. As they're going down down these trails, they come to this part of the trail that they have to cross the river. It's a really big river, and it's super wild, and, and, and it's raging. It's a raging river. You can imagine the rapids, and you can see the white foam that's coming because it's so strong. So these three guys, Joe, Bob, and Dave, they're walking down, and uh, Joe, he gets to the edge. He says, all right, I'm going to pray. God, I, I need to cross this river. This is part of the time we need to, need to get across. Uh, so, so please, God, would you give me the strength to cross this river? And so God answers his prayer. Poof. His arms swell up. His legs swell up. He's pretty muscular. He jumps in the water and starts swimming across the river. It only takes him two hours. Almost drowns a couple of times, but eventually he makes it across this really big river that's this wild, raging river. And so he makes it to the other side. So seeing that he made it, Dave says, all right, well, uh, God answered Joe's prayer, so I, it worked for him. I'm, I'm going to say a prayer. So he says, God, please give me the strength and the tools to cross the river. And poof, God gives him a boat. So he jumps in the boat. Dave jumps in the boat, and he starts pedaling for, for dear life to get across. And it only takes him one hour. And he's, he's, he, he finally makes it over. He almost flips over a couple times, makes it to the other side. Um, Bob, seeing that God answered Joe's prayer and answered uh, Dave's prayer, he says, all right, uh, it works for them. I'm going to pray, say a prayer too. So he says, God, please give me the strength and the tools and the intelligence to cross this river. And poof, he turns into a woman. He, or she, looks at the map, realizes there's a bridge about 100 yards up this, up this river, walks to the bridge, crosses over, and gets across in 15 minutes. And all the women said, yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right. Now, I really believe you guys are very intelligent. God has blessed you uh, with intelligence. So, um, my way of, yeah. So, that's better than last week, right? You with me? All right. Good. So we said this about God. So even though we're joking about prayer, God is not a genie in a bottle. It's not that we, we, we command him to do things for us. Prayer is not about telling God what to do. It's asking him what he wants to do and then figuring out how to partner with him in that. We said that the purpose of prayer, quote by Mike, Mark Batterson, a pastor in uh, Washington, he said the purpose of prayer is not to give orders to God. The purpose of prayer is to get orders from God. So as we're in this series, we're saying, God, what do you want to accomplish in my life? Because I want to pray those prayers because those prayers get answered when God wants to do, when you figure out what God wants us to do. And so this is today, the, the fourth part we're in. Matthew six eleven. this part of the prayer says, give us today our daily bread, or give us this day our daily bread. Uh, so notice, notice this part of the prayer. Jesus is saying, depend on him for everything. Ask God for these things. Um, and what you have to notice off the bat is give us this day. Um, what we have to notice is he's saying today is important. In fact, the Bible, when it talks about days, the most important day in the Bible is always today. Because today is the only day you can ever do anything about. You can't change the past. You can't even change, you can't even do, you can't even affect the future all that much because you want to control everything, but you can do something today. 
Like, if you want to change the future, but you're not doing anything today, it will not change for you the way you want to. Today is the important day. So Jesus is saying, give us this day. Give us today our daily bread. It's a daily request. This needs to be a daily habit. It needs to be something we do on a daily basis of saying, God, I have needs. Would you help me? Because here's what happens when it's not a daily request. All right? We have needs. We have concerns. We have things that we face every single day. It's kind of like we, we get these in our hands and we start carrying them. We're on our shoulders, whatever it is. You're carrying these. It's like a big weight. You have this, this concern or this need or this worry that you're walking with. And so today, you don't take it to God and you're thinking, well, I can just, I'll just keep carrying it. It's not that bad. And then Monday comes and now you have more other worries and concerns piled on, right? So now you've got Sunday's worries and Monday's worries, and then you haven't taken it to God. So then on Tuesday, you go into Tuesday with those two days' worries, and now you have Tuesday's worries on, and then Wednesday you enter in, and you haven't talked to God yet, and you get Wednesdays, and before you know it, the week is already on, and you're carrying like this big old load of all this stuff that you were never meant to carry. And what happens when we don't take our needs to God on a daily basis, we end up carrying all these things. And in this, this section of, of, of teaching, Jesus says, he even talks about worry. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Like, don't worry about things. Um, trust, trust him for all things, because when we worry, it's us that are carrying it. We're not giving it to God. But he's saying, we need to, we need to pray daily. This, has, this needs to be a daily thing we do. So we pray daily, because prayer works. Prayer does work, and when we do it the way God wants it to, we'll see better results. And part of that is saying, I need to pray this daily. Go to the next one for me. We need to pray daily. Um, If you only pray when you need something, if we're only praying when we need something, we miss out on all the things God wants to do. So today we have needs and we, we, God wants us to take those to him. But if we don't, well, we missed out on the things he wanted to do on Sunday. So now Monday we have more things and maybe Monday he wants to do something in our life. But if we don't ask him, he can't do those things. And we miss out possibly on what he wanted to do that day and this day and that day. Before we know it, we're taking this need to him and we miss out on all the other things God wants to do. So what are you missing out in your life that God wants to do when you don't pray? Who knows? He might have the answer for you that day. Because when we worry, really what worry is, is worry is praying to ourself. If you ever laid in bed at night and you're thinking about the next day and the next week and, you know, the bills and the, the work schedule or whatever it is, the kids' things, and, and you start thinking about all these things and how am I going to do this, and you start worrying, well, all worry is is praying to yourself. And I don't know about you, but I can't answer those prayers. I can't, I can't fix those things. And so God is saying, don't worry about those things. In fact, give it to me. He even says in, in the same chapter, 34, he says, uh, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. It's like, man, we're, take care of today. Give these things to him today. So we're saying, give us this day our daily bread. We're saying, God, would you provide for us? We're depending on you for everything. When Jesus taught the disciples this prayer, in, in, in Jerusalem, in, in the area in Israel, when, they, when he was teaching this, it was most likely 95% of the people there didn't know where their next food was going to come from. Like, they were living under so much oppression that they were very, very poor. And they didn't even know that. So when he's saying, ask God for your daily bread, like, it, that's a literal, like, God, I don't know where my family's going to eat today. Would you please provide? And God, he wants those prayers. He wants us to take our needs to him. It, um, he wants us to depend on him because... Uh, he wants to provide for us. There's, there's daily bread that's physical, and then there's daily bread that's spiritual. And even when we, when we approach God that way, we understand there's something, when we read the Bible, we, we can consider that food that God gives us. When you come on a Sunday morning, I'm giving you some nourishment for your soul and your spirit, right? That's, that's daily bread that, that God wants us to also take in spiritually, but he also wants us to 
give him, ask for our needs to be met physically. That's finances, um, that's relationships, all these things. We're essentially saying, God, we need your help. We need you to help us with these. And God wants us to succeed because he cares about those things. James 4 says it like this, 2 and 3. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. So on Sunday, you have needs, but you don't take it to God. Well, you're not going to get that prayer answered because you never prayed it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. That was last week we talked about a little bit about that. We want things, but we pray with the wrong motives. And God's not going to answer those prayers because when we pray with the wrong motives, we're going to receive things and not do the right things with them. So he's helping us not to get proud, not to get in a worse situation. So he won't answer those prayers where we want him to. And so he's saying, but we're saying, God, give us this day our daily bread. We depend on you. We want you to provide for us. Because here's the truth. God wants to provide for you. He wants to bless you. God's nature and character is, a, is one of blessing. Right? He wants to bless you. Every week we've taken a prayer out of the Bible and we said, let's, let's look at this person that prayed and how God answered it and why God answered it. So the Lord's Prayer, but then every week, Psalms, Psalms 23 was the second week. Last week we talked about the, the Shema, the, the, the Jewish prayer that's found in, in Deuteronomy. Well, today we're going to find a prayer that's found in First Chronicles. Uh, what's interesting about this, this part of the Bible is this is the part of the Bible you read and you really do fall asleep. All right? There's parts, I'll admit, that are really hard to read through. Because in Chronicles, the first nine chapters, there is 500 plus names. Now, these names are not our names like Joe and Dave and Bob, right? These are like those names you really don't know what to say. You kind of just make it up. Well, after you make up so many names, you're kind of like just reading name after name after name. You're like, what is the point of this? What's, you know, I got to get through this. And that can be hard to get through. So 500 plus names in the first nine chapters, they're, they're chronicling these, these names and these clans and these tribes. There's a reason. And it's a good reason because uh, God's telling a big story. And in his story, he's saying, this person mattered to God, and this person mattered to God. And yeah, he's in the middle of all these people, but each name matters to God, which is a good indication that you're here today, and if your name was in there, God would say, yes, even you matter to God. Because names matter to God, people matter to God, individuals matter to God. So through these whole, these whole 500-some names, in chapter 4, kind of right in the middle, the writer of Chronicles, he takes this break and he's saying, so this guy had, this was his father and this was his son and he had his son and this was his son and name after name after name after name. And then in verse 9 of chapter 4, it kind of takes this, this, this pause. It's, it's, a, it's a change in the writing. And it says this. It says, now Jabez, what, writing about this name, man named Jabez, he was born more honorable than his brother and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. So the writer is saying name after name after name. But then when Jabez, he says, oh, wait, wait, wait. But there's just something different here. Pay attention, because if you don't pay attention, you can miss out. Like, this is really important. And what's interesting is this is the only time we find the name Jabez in the whole Bible. Like, we don't know anything about this guy except what the writer says here. But he thought it was important for us enough to hear his prayer and his story. So Jabez, it means, the name actually means pain. Uh, we can actually We can actually read it. That he, he will cause pain or he causes pain. So how many of you guys want to name that, that kind of name growing up, right? That's like one of those names that you just love to hate, right? You're like, that is not a good name at all. Um, you, you carry that with them. Well, in their culture, names are really important. They spoke about the future. So uh, David gave his son Solomon a name that means peace. And guess what the kingdom that Solomon reigned in, what it had? Peace. It was a prophetic name for Solomon saying he's going to reign in peace. Well, Jabez, pain... You know, you may have heard like, man, you're a pain in the butt, right? That's Jabez. He's like, they're declaring over him like you're going to be a pain for everybody encounters. Uh, somebody in this room can relate. People over in your life have said, you're a loser. You're no good. You'll never whatever. And they give you these names that attach to something that's negative. 
Well, this was Jabez. He had something that was attached to him negative that was spoken over him every time somebody said, Hey, Jabez, hey, pain in the butt, come here. Hey, pain, you're going to cause pain. You're going you're gonna to hurt. Like, come here. Something that was spoken over and over and over and over in his name. But it says that he was more honorable than his brothers, which means a man that had a really bad name, something in his story was different and unique that the writer would say, Jabez, pain, but wait, he was more honorable than his brothers. Like, there's something unique about this person. What is it? What is it about this guy? Um, we don't know what the pain that he caused. It doesn't say why she named him it. It could have been um, she had a lot of pain with the pregnancy, like she was physically sick, and she caused her, he, he caused her a lot of pain in the womb, so she said, you're just a pain. Uh, maybe a breech baby, something like that. It was just really hard, all those, those parts of it. Maybe it was financial pressure. They were just really poor, and having another mouth to feed meant that's going to be a lot of stress. It's a pain. Maybe, maybe the father left them, and she's all alone, and she's thinking, because of you, my husband left, or, or he died, or something, and life is just very painful at this moment. We don't know the reason, but she gave him the name Pain because she bore him in pain. He grew up living that name out, Pain. So I could, you can imagine with me just what that brings into his life. Well, it records the prayer that this man prays, and this is what it says. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. He's asking God to do something in his life that's the opposite of what everybody's been saying about him. You'll never accomplish anything. He's saying, God, would you bless me so much that I can accomplish things? They say I'm going to cause pain. God, would you bless me so much and free me from causing pain? He recognizes in his prayer, and the next line, what does it say? So God granted what he requested. This man prayed, and God answered it. See, Jabez, I can imagine him hearing all the stories about how God rescued his ancestors from slavery. The stories of how God showed up when they were going to be overtaken by an army, by, like another city that's coming in to, to destroy them, and God shows up in strength. And all these stories of rescue and, and being uh, freed from slavery um, and, and having God shown up and being rescued from painful situations. And in the middle of that, saying, all right, God, you did that for those people. Maybe you can do that for me. In his prayer, he's saying, all right, I think you can rewrite my future here. I think you can, you can give me a better, ho- a better future, a better hope, that you'll be able to sustain me and, and, and keep my life to be a blessing for you. So he prays, oh, that you would bless me indeed. He's asking God to bless him. And God answers his request. He blesses him. He's saying, would you enlarge my territory? Would you let me accomplish more than I can accomplish on my own? That your hand would be with me. He recognizes it is, it's God's ability to do these things in our life when we pray. That you would keep me from evil. And this is a key part of his prayer. All right, so when you bless me, help me not to stray away and think that this is my own doing. But help me to keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. And God answered his request. We see three things in, the, in this short little few verses about Jabez. First, things started bad. Things didn't start very good for him. All right, painful beginning. Uh, his, his name, that what it meant. Two, that he prayed an unusual prayer. God, would you bless me indeed? It's unique to, to him. Just a simple prayer. One sentence prayer. Uh, asking God just to do a few things for him. And it says that things ended extraordinarily well for him. He was more honorable than his brothers. And God answered his request. This week, my prayers as, as my hope as we go through the series, this week, you're going to begin to trust God when you pray and ask him for things and ask him for help. And what's going to happen is as you pray these things, God's going to answer. He's going to respond and give you the things that you need. All I hope is that you will begin to turn back to him and say thank you for 
answering these. See, when he says prayer, when he's asking, or he's, he's praying for a blessing, he's saying, God, would you help me to accomplish something? In, in Deuteronomy 30, 19, uh, God speaks through Moses to the people of Israel. He says this. He says, this day, today I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. So I'm getting you, I'm setting before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that your children may live. Choose life so it'll be well with you. So you have an option. Remember, God is about choices. He doesn't step in. He says, it's up to you. Life or death, blessing or curses. Because they're both there. They're both there. In the Bible, a blessing is this. A blessing is supernatural favor. A blessing is something that you can't do on your own. God shows up in a way that you say, wow, I would have never been able to open up that door for my life. I would have never been able to raise that, that much finances for my life. I would have never been able to do these things in relationships. I, I can't change people's hearts. Supernatural favor is God showing up and helping you accomplish things in your life. Supernatural favor is David standing before Goliath, a warrior, a champion, and defeating him. Why? Because he had supernatural favor. God raised him up to accomplish something bigger than himself. And throughout the Bible, we see this. God is saying, you have this option, life or death. And God says, I will bless those who will hear my words and then obey and do what I ask you to do. So in, in this, he's saying, would you do these things? Hear my voice and then follow in obedience. So the, the father of the faith, Abraham, God shows up and says, Abraham, would you follow me into an unknown territory? I'm going to lead you. Would, you. would you follow me? Would you let me guide you? Would you be obedient? And here's what I want to do. I want to bless you. Not just so you can have. I want to bless you, Abraham, so that the, all the nations of the world will be blessed through you. So God says, you're going to be blessed so you can be a blessing. I'm going to give you so you can give to others. I'm going to help you on this journey. Well, in Deuteronomy, you know, there's blessings that God has, but then there's, there's also results of, of the opposite of that. There's curses. And he says, the choice is ours. We can have blessings in our lives or we can have curses. In Deuteronomy 28, uh, this is the, 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 the chapter, and I would encourage you to read through it. What are these blessings? Um, he says this, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, all these blessings will come on you and accompany you, accompany you if you obey the Lord. Key word is if. All right, so there's a choice here. If you obey him, if you follow him, if you hear him and you, you follow through, you'll have these blessings. And then it lists these blessings, and I'll just break them down for you. This is what the blessings are. He, he'll, he'll exalt us, you know, he'll lift us up to places of honor and he'll help us be successful. He'll give us prosperity. He'll give us health, physical, mental, emotional health. He'll give us victory. That's a good thing. Reproductiveness. We'll be fruitful in our lives where our lives can reproduce good things. And then he says, we'll have God's favor. We'll have something that we, don't, we, don't, we can't earn on our own because he blesses and he helps us. And then he goes and lists all the curses which just are the opposite of all of these things. Instead of being exalted, you'll be humiliated. Um, instead of prosperity, you're going to have poverty. And he goes through all these things that if you don't, this is the results of not following God. You get your own way. You get the sin's way, the curse that comes with that. You, and you have disfavor of God. God's disfavor, not his favor. Um, in, in this chapter, he gets to a point after the, after the blessings in verse 13. Uh, he says this. He says, if you listen to these commands the Lord your God has given you, if you carefully obey him, I'll make you the head and not the tail. I think that's a good promise there. That's a good thing to know. Um, if you've ever been the tail, you know what that feels like. It's kind of like you're just getting jerked around every which way. You're not in control. You're not making the decisions. You just have to go with wherever, wherever life deals you. Well, when you're the head, you're making the choices. You're making the decisions. You're, you're, you have the ability to, to accomplish things. He says, I'll make you the head, not the tail. And he says, um, I'll, 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 you'll always be on the top and you'll never be under. 
You know, sometimes you ask people, how are you doing? Well, under the circumstances, you know, being under something means you're under it. Uh, when you're under the circumstances, that's usually not a good thing. It's like, I'm under something. Well, get out from under the circumstances, get above them. This is the promise God is making. You'll find yourself above things, not below things. You'll, feel, you'll find yourself free from things, not slave to things. And he says, when you follow my ways, I'm going to do these things or I'm going to bless you. And so when we're asking God, give us this day our daily bread, we're saying, would you bless us? Would you help us to accomplish what you want us to accomplish today? Would you provide? And in the middle of that, he's saying, now make sure you give, give the credit back to God and he'll give you more. Uh, another part of this, when it comes to bless, curses, blessings and curses, is the, we have to be really careful with the things that we speak, the things that we make agreements with, the things that we um, say about ourselves, about others. Because um, God wants to bless, but the enemy wants to curse. God wants us to be above. The enemy wants us to be under stuff. And the way that we come in agreement with those things is actually the ways that, the things that we speak. Jesus says in, in the book of Matthew, he says, be careful to even the idle words that you say. So those things you're just joking about, it doesn't, you say it doesn't really mean anything. No, he's saying even those words you'll be judged by. Because words, they matter. They mean something. Um, we have to guard what comes out of our mouth. See, in the beginning, it says that God, he spoke. He said, let there be light. And something was created from that. He gives us the same creative power in our lives that we speak things and they actually can come to in, into existence. So the things we speak are actually impacting our lives. See, God's character is always to bless. He wants to bless. He wants to help us. In fact, it says every day he created something. He said he spoke and this happened. And then he created the heavens and the earth. And every day, you know what he said? And he saw that it was good. And then he blessed his day. Like, man, I did good work. Like, man, I'm a pretty creative God. Like, that's awesome. That's good work. And he made man and, man and woman, and he saw that it was good. And he blesses all the things that he created. He's a God of blessing. Jesus, the first sermon he preaches, he starts off with nine blessings. You're blessed if you do these things. You're blessed if you do these things. You're blessed if you do these things. He's a God of blessing. He starts with blessings. He even ends with blessings, asking, asking God to, to bless his disciples and help his disciples. So Jesus says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the things that are in our heart, they're going to come out. So we have to guard what comes through our mouth because it's a reflection of our heart. Um, you know, Jabez, his name, Pain. How many times has that spoken over his life? It was, it was more of a curse than anything. But he said, I'm going to reverse this. I'm going to ask God for it. How many of you guys, maybe you do this on a daily basis, you don't even realize it. You know, um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a failure. And I, I'm so stupid. I'm retarded. Like, that was the dumbest thing I could have done. Like, I never get this right. Man, I'm always sick. Um, I can't ever lose this, whatever, you know. Maybe you speak things over your life. And how many times do we actually say things that we're actually speaking curses into our own life? We're actually saying things that are, that are um, affecting our, our ability to live the life that God wants us to live. Like, we're, we're saying these things in our life. You know, even, even, even what we call people. You know, if you refer to women um, in, 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 in derogatory ways, like, you're speaking that over somebody's life. There's a reason we call them curse words, Right? Because they're bringing curses, not blessings. And how many words do we speak on a daily basis that we say, man, this or that? Um, we don't need enemies to curse us when we curse ourselves. And here's the thing with God and prayer. God wants to bless. He wants to give. But our words will always counteract what he wants to do in our lives. So if God wants to bless you financially, but you say, man, I'm no good with money. Or, man, I, I can never get out of debt. Um, I feel so overwhelmed with these things. You're always speaking these negatives. You're actually countering what God wants to do in your own life. Over your kids, if you're speaking out over your kids' things, um, you're, you're, you're speaking something that could be detrimental into their lives. 
Uh, in the book of, um, in the story of Jacob, he blesses his kids. And every blessing he speaks over his kids comes to pass. Why? Because there's power and death in what we speak, the proverb says. Like our mouth has power in what, things that we, that we say. This is why prayer is so important. We're saying, God, we want to partner with you to speak those things that you want to accomplish in our life already. We, we, we want, want you to help us with this. Um, and so we need to, we need to uh, bless, break, break curses and, and, and partner with God in blessings by the things that we speak. And speak in the opposite, even the opposite spirit of what is being spoken. Because when we don't, the opposite is rebellion against God. When we don't follow him and we do the opposite, we actually rebel against God and we get all of the, the curses on us. So we have to discipline our tongues. Um, last week, I was getting this chair and my back froze up. And I was right here, and the, the clip was coming on. I was about to speak, and I couldn't lift up the chair. And somebody thought, oh, I thought you were just praying. I was like, no, I was stuck on the floor. I couldn't get up because my back was frozen. And I got the chair, and I, I slowly got on, and I was like, oh, my goodness, my back hurts so much. But I, I, I spoke into the message. So Monday I went to the chiropractor, had him work on me, and I was out of alignment, and that helped a little bit. But that the whole week, my back was just really, really tender. And uh, for a long time, since I fell off the two-story roof eight years ago, I would always say over myself, you know, since I fell off that roof, I get I always get lower back pain. Like all my when I'm stressed, because I used to carry stress in my upper back, and since I fell off the roof, now I say I carry all my stress in my lower back now, and it just it's always hurting. Um, and I, I must I must have a weak back. You know, in my family, it seems like I would say this sometimes or think it like like it seems like the enemy is always trying to bring uh, uh, sickness or 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 hurt injuries to our to our bodies to our backs especially. Um, and for a long time, just these thoughts and these things that I've, I've spoken over myself have just been there. And so uh, I'm preparing for this message, reading about blessings and curses and hearing these stories about, um, you know, when, when, when we make agreements with, with, um, with the enemy in our lives, different people that are tied to different occults and, and, and um, practices of witchcraft, things like that. Um, like we make agreements with, with when we make agreements with the enemy and things, we get we invite curses into our lives. And things like sickness and poverty and all these things attached to us. So I'm laying in bed and I start thinking, God, am I, am I partnering in agreement with maybe what the enemy is wanting to do? Uh, the enemy doesn't like that I'm a leader of a church. He doesn't like that I'm helping people be free and be healthy and be whole. Um, and so curses are spoken over me. Uh, we, we, for, for, for years, I, we, we find things just interesting when it comes to the occult and dark, dark stuff like that. Um, but I just know there, there, there's people that are praying against me because they don't want me to succeed. Uh, the enemy hates me, all right? So in this, I asked, am I agreeing with maybe some of these curses that have been placed on my life, that have been passed on from generation to generation? You know, we worked hard to break the addiction of alcoholism in my family because I was passed on and abuse, and God has freed us. It's awesome. But in this, I was saying, God, is there something else here? Have I been agreeing with it? And so as I prayed, I began to realize the steps of this. When you recognize that there's a curse in your life, what you're supposed to do. So first, I, I repent. I said, God, forgive me for speaking these things over my life, that my back is not strong and healthy. Um, I, I, I repent of that. Um, I recognize it. And then I, and then I, then I say, you know what? Um, I, I come against the enemy that would have anything that want to hurt me and, and, and cause these things in my life. I come against those curses because you broke those curses on the cross for, my, for me. And I, I begin to, to talk to God and just tell him, like, you, you want me to be healthy and whole. And then the third part of that, I begin to say, God, thank you for my back, that it's healthy that I can lift things, that I can lift my kids up, and I can play with them. Thank you that my back is strong, um, and that, that, it's, that I'm going to be healthy. And I begin to thank him and, and speak the opposite of what I've been speaking, right? And, and all of a sudden, I'm laying in my, in my bed, and all week I've had this just this constant pain in my back. Um, and it just like does like this. It just like goes away. And I'm like, what in the world? 
And I'm just laying there like, oh, my back feels so good. And I move a little bit like, all right, this is pretty awesome. And I go to sleep. And so I wake up this morning and I'm thinking like, okay, that was just really cool. You know, back loosened up and I'm good. And I get up and, and usually like when I get up in the mornings, I have to like roll my side first and then kind of sit up because if I don't, my back like screams. And so this morning I kind of roll over and, and, I, and I jump up and I realize my back didn't scream and it didn't hurt. And I thought, wow, this is great. And then I noticed something else. It's like something on my shoulders was like lifted off. And I was just a little more free this morning. And I woke up a little more happy and a little more free. I guess the best way to explain it. And in my life, I think what was happening is I was partnering with, with the enemy over my life of saying, I'm cursing my own body. I'm cursing my own back. And I began to think, man, what else am I speaking over my kids, over my life, over, over our church, over our city, whatever? What am I speaking that is actually partnering with the enemy to bring curses and not blessings? So God, help me, help me to be the person that you want to be able to speak these blessings. And in prayer, we're saying, God, we want to partner with you. First Peter 3.9 says it like this. Do not pay back evil with evil or cursing with cursing. Instead, pay back with a blessing because a blessing is what God promised to give you when he called you. God promises to, to bless you. Somebody curses you, bless them. Because you're, you're operating the opposite of that. If you've been speaking things over your life, I can never lose weight. You need to change that. God, thank you that you're going to give me the ability to lose weight. God, my, my marriage is always under stress. No, God, thank you that you're trying to work something in our marriage in my life. Whatever you're speaking that's negative, would you learn to reverse that? Like Jabez, God, would you bless me indeed so I can be free from causing pain? God's going to honor those prayers because he's realizing you want more of him in your life. If you're a father or a parent or authority figure, God has given you authority to speak things over those that you have authority over. Okay? To bring blessings or to bring curses. The choice is yours. So if your kids are no good, watch your words of what you're saying. I'm pretty sure you might be speaking something over them that's going to be adding to that. Stop calling your kids a pain and start saying, God, thank you for this strong-willed kid that's going to be a great leader one day. Help me to lead them to become the leader you want me to be- them to become. Help me to parent them well. I want to bless them. Um, what is it that God wants us to do this week that he'll do it? Here's the other thing. When we pray, God, give us this daily bread. God, would you bless us indeed? Enlarge our territory. Provide for us. Give us. Make sure you manage well what he gives you. Because the principle, kingdom principle is this. When you manage a little bit well, he'll give you more. So if God gives you a little bit, $10, and you do really good with $10, and you, you, you appropriate it the way he wants you to, $100 is not going to be far, far behind it. Um, if he gives you leadership ability and you begin to manage a steward that well, he's going to give you more influence and authority. Because the kingdom principle is this. When you manage what God gives you, he'll give you more. So make sure you manage well what God gives you, and he will give you more. God, today, give us his daily bread. And today, when he provides and answers those needs, would you make sure you say, God, thank you for providing. Thank you for healing my body. Thank you for the things that you took care of, the needs that you took care of. And then tomorrow, it comes, and you start carrying stuff. God, today, I need your help. You're asking me to pray these things, give them to you. Man, I, I need your help in this. And when he answers those prayers, give him the glory. Pray that prayer. Next week, we're going to talk about what it means to resist the evil and temptation and, and that part of the prayer that's really important we need to pay attention to. But manage well what he gives you. And we said this, the end of the prayer, your kingdom, um, yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory. When we pray, we recognize God is God, he's king. We recognize that he's the source of our, of our, our answers to our prayers. And because of that, he gets all the glory. He gets all of the credit when we pray. So here's my challenge for us this week, all right? Uh, every week we give you a challenge for these prayers. If you haven't been praying the Lord's Prayer, I, w- I would challenge you to pray. And this week, would you memorize the Lord's Prayer? And then would you memorize Psalm 23? Um, when you read Psalm 23, there's something about peace. There's something about trusting God in the middle of difficulties that, that just shows up when you pray that prayer. 
Um, so the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Memorize those. Write them down in a car. Put them somewhere you can memorize those. I would even say this. Maybe every night pray the, pray the Lord's Prayer and then follow it up with Psalms 23. Um, and then this week, would you pray the prayer of Jabez? Found in First Chronicles 4, 9 and 10. Um, we're going to pray just a little bit. and Actually, just found in, in, in verse 10. That's the whole prayer. God, would you bless me indeed and enlarge my territory? Maybe start off with the Lord's Prayer. Use that as a guide. And then add in the Lord it, it, Jabez's prayer of saying, God, would you bless me indeed? If you want to learn more about the, the Jabez, there's a small book. It's like really small. It's called uh, uh, The Prayer of Jabez, right? And it's uh, Wilkerson, I think is his name, that wrote it. A great book. Easy to read. Uh, I would encourage you if you pick it up at Amazon or a bookstore, uh, be something you can learn from. But pray the prayer of Jabez. Uh, so today I want to close with praying um, the Lord's Prayer, and then we'll follow it up with the prayer of Jabez. And this week when you pray that, God's going to answer. Make sure you give him the credit. Make sure you turn back to him and say, God, help me to accomplish what you want me to accomplish. Because God answers prayers when we pray with him and his way in mind. So uh, would you pray this with me, the Lord's Prayer? Let's say it together. It'll be on the screen. Say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And pray this next prayer with me. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. I would challenge you, pray these prayers on, on a daily basis. It's got to be a daily thing. God, invite, invite him in. Our Father in heaven, your name is worthy of your praise. I, I, I come to you today. Uh, let your kingdom show up in my family. Use it as a template, as a guide, just to walk down the Lord's Prayer. It'll keep you on track. You'll pray more, more specifically. You'll pray more, you'll, you won't get distracted as easily. Um, so if you're here today, maybe you're, you've come and you're not a Christian, you're not a Christ follower, maybe you've been far from God for a while. Um, today I want to give you an opportunity to say, I want to choose God's blessings today rather than his curses. And if you're here today, this whole message I've been talking and you know in your heart, you, you need God's favor. You need his supernatural favor, his help. You need him to bless you. Well, that starts off, the Bible says, with us acknowledging that we can't do it without God's help. And here's the great thing. In Galatians 3.13, it says this about Christ, what he did on the cross for us. He says, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed everyone who hangs on a pole. So he's essentially saying, God took our curse, the curses that we deserve because of sin, he took that on himself on the cross. He redeemed us in order that the blessings given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So he did this, so the same blessing he gave to Abraham, I want to bless you so everybody can be blessed through you, is available to us because of the cross. And he's saying today, would you choose life, not death? Would you choose blessing and not curses? And notice what it says, so that by faith, there's this element of, of us believing God that we have to trust that God is God and we're not. That he did something on our behalf and we can receive it for him. When I prayed last night, prayer for my back, that was out of faith. Saying, God, I believe you can do this. It's a prayer of faith that God hears. And so what we're going to do is the way you start off your relationship with God is through prayer. It's by a conversation of saying, God, I need your help. So would you do me a favor? Would you close your eyes and bow your head? God took your curse. He took your punishment. And he offers you blessings. He was tortured so you don't have to. He was tortured so you can have life and you can have health. But 
He's a God of choice. If you choose that for your life, he responds. And so today, if you're here and you would like to say, maybe for the first time, I want to follow God. I want his blessings on my life. I receive his sacrifice on that cross on my behalf. If that's you today, would you do me a favor and raise your hand? Let, you, let, me, know I'm here. let me know you're here. Awesome. Awesome. I see your hands. I'm not going to call you to the front. Just from your seat, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Awesome. I see your hands. Anybody else? Today I choose blessing and not a curse. I see your hand. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Would you pray this prayer with me? Simple prayer of just acknowledging God as God and we, we're, we're, we're not. We're sinners. We need his forgiveness and help. If you're a Christian in this room, would you pray with us so nobody's praying alone? Say this today. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on that cross for me, for taking my curse, taking my sin upon himself so that I can live and I can be blessed. Forgive me of my sin. Create in me a, a new heart. Help me have a new start. I believe you're alive today. You have good plans for my life. So today I come in agreement with all your blessings and all your promises. And I break those curses over my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we celebrate freedom today? Can we celebrate life and goodness? So good.